If you have a Bible with you today, go ahead and get that out. Open up your Bible apps. Go to Acts chapter 4. Acts the fourth chapter. Are you ready for some word? Praise God. I've been sharing with you the last couple of weeks uh, about a subject It came from uh, these words inside of me from the Lord called increase and multiplication. I want to continue along these lines today and share with you more. I really believe that God wants us to increase in many ways. We should increase in faith, in love, in joy. We can increase financially, and we can increase in people. I don't believe that God wants uh, our church to be a stagnant church or a diminishing church, but rather to be one that would increase and multiply and continue to increase and multiply. Uh, I, I, what kind of church do you want to be in? What, what, what do you want your house to look like? Meaning your, your, your church house, this, this family. Uh, do we want it to be, you know, just kind of surviving and making it through, hold on to the end? Or do we want to be strong and thriving and vibrant and alive where people are being born again? Just constantly, where healings are commonplace, where answers to prayer are the normal. They're not abnormal. It's just a part of life. It's just there's a constant move of the Spirit of God. Amen. That's the kind of place I want to be in. I don't want to just serve a, 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 you know, I don't want to serve a dead religion. I don't want to be a part of something that's stagnant. I enjoy life. Amen. You know, we, I, I joke around. I say we, we, we could have called the church anything we wanted. When we started, right? Could have called it Death Church. And I'm pretty sure the domain would have been available. Deathchurch.com. (laughs) Uh, But no, I I knew the Lord wanted it to be a place of life. A place of healing. A place of victory. A place of joy. A place where we can laugh. A place where we can sing. Amen. And a place where, you know, I know there's times, there's a time for tears, but we, we, we lift people up and lift people out. Amen? And, and so he wants us to be a growing, thriving, vibrant church. And, and so in this, this series, I've been identifying some components to that. We, we've been looking at the book of Acts and, and, and identifying different um, conditions that existed in the early church that I think, hey, if it worked for them, why wouldn't it work for us? Yeah? I mean, there, there is an atmosphere that we can create in here, in our church, in our lives. Um, an atmosphere that is conducive to God moving. Just like the opposite would be true, you could have an atmosphere that is very difficult for God to move. Say, so, well, what do you mean difficult? How could it be difficult for Him to move? Well, think about it. Think about it. None of us have ever out-desired God as far as good things happening. If you've wanted to see people set free, he wanted it more. If you wanted to see people healed, he wanted it more. If you've ever wanted to see people saved and delivered and set free and, and, and have a life that's full of life, he wanted it more than you did. There's never been a time where we've said, Lord, uh, we want to see people healed. We want to see people delivered and set free. And he said, I don't really, though. It stinks to be you. (laughs) Never. 
Never. These are the desires of God that, that people would be helped and delivered and set free. I mean, we know that for a fact because he sent his own son to pay for it all. Every single bit of it has been paid in full. And so he's looking for a way to, to, to get that to, t- to take place. I know it's just like, like, fly, like flying airplanes. One of the main things you want to look at is the atmospheric conditions. Okay. You want to know what the weather's like. Because you can have a real nice, smooth day with, you know, glorious visibility, smooth air. Or you can have wind and ice and, you know, clouds and different, different factors that can uh, make it really rough or difficult. Or even in some situations, you get it, it, it's bad enough, you just can't go. You just can't fly, right? And, uh, and I don't want our church to ever be one of those places where... God just can't move here. The conditions are too rough. The conditions are too, you know, non-conducive to it. But rather, it's just, man, any time we get together, the atmosphere is ripe. Ripe for a move of God. Ripe for prayers answered. Ripe for things to happen and take place that are only of Him. Praise God. Did you find Acts chapter 4? All right. Let's look over here and begin reading in verse 31. It reads, and when they had prayed, notice the language there, they had prayed, not one person had prayed. There's a lot of us and they and we involved in this message, okay, involved in this whole series. And it goes on to say, when they had prayed. I pray a lot, you know. In fact, most of my prayer is by myself, just me and the Lord, as far as time quantity. But that's not the only type of prayer there needs to be. There needs to be they prayed. There needs to be we pray. There needs to be corporate prayer as well as individual prayer that creates the right atmosphere, okay? And so when they prayed, the place where they were assembled, notice they were assembled, not one person, it was shaken. What was shaken? The place, the building, I like it. And they were all filled. Who was all filled? Well, they were all filled, they were all filled. Now, a couple people here and there, a little splattering, a little move of God over here. That person got touched and that one. No, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. I'm liking this a lot. Not just a couple people, not just a select few speaking the word. But they were all bold, speaking the word. No one had fear. No one was afraid. Verse 32, now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. There we go again, seeing that some more. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. All right, there's a lot of words just standing out to me, jumping out at me, but I I like to get to the end. They set up the conditions. They set up the atmosphere. This is what was happening, and this was the result. And do you see the result here? There was great grace and great power. Not just a little bit of grace, a little splattering here, a little smidgen of power going on over here. But there, no, there was great grace and great power. How many know that's the will of God for us? Yeah, not just we're barely scratching the surface, barely tapping into a little bit of what he's promised, of what he desires. No, but we have massive amounts of God's glory and power and presence just 
revealed in and through us constantly. I know we were praying just the other day with one of our groups and, and I began to be stirred up and, and see on the inside that we live in a day of extremes. It's not uncommon at all to wake up in the morning and, and, and look at news reports and see, man, there was a, a, a terrorist attack here or there was an earthquake over here or a flood or a fire or some corruption exposed or it's just there is a whole lot of extreme activities and they seem to be more common have you ever if you notice that they're not as spread out it's like day after day it seems like there's something shocking something extreme something just way out there taking place in our world and i think well what's the response to this now if that's the if that's the almost the new normal for for the way we live in society. What about the response of God? And and my attention is drawn to scriptures, words from the Lord that says, uh, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord raises up a standard against him. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. And whenever there is a negative happening, whenever there is an abundance of problem, of sin, of corruption, of destruction... Thank God he is able and he is capable and he is willing to bring an overabundance of good. So what should we expect in this day and this time? We should expect much increase and much multiplication. What we have seen in a measure, we'll see in a full, in a full amount. What we've seen a little bit of, there's going to be a great demonstration of his power. Hallelujah. Great grace and great power was among them. I thank God for little healings here and there and little blind eye open, little deaf ear open. I, I, I'm thankful for, the, for these little miracles, you know, little tumors healed. And, but I can't wait to see the great things. Yeah? And that's what the Lord's setting us up, to see these things greater and greater in greater measure as normal. To where the world, woo, a lot of bad things happening, but what's going on at the church? Woo, a lot of great things happening. Amen. Side note for a moment, uh, you know, if, if someone were to get really sick, if someone were to get injured in some capacity, and, and what would be the natural response, you know, that if someone is, is hurt that way, you would say, hey, we need to get you to the hospital, all right? That would be normal. Most people would say, hey, we need to get you to the, the, the hospital because that's where they help people in situations like that. And we've seen a little bit of this. But I think this should be increased. Someone gets in a real bad situation. They're really messed up. They're really hurting. They have a serious condition or a great accident. And people start saying, you know what? We need to quickly get you over to the, the church. Not, the, not that the building is the, is the issue. Get you over to the church. Those people know how to contact God. Those people over there, they know how to pray and see results. And to where it wouldn't be first reaction... Whoa, call the, call the ambulance. No, first reaction, let's get the believers together. We can take care of this one. We can handle this with God working in us and through us. Amen, amen, amen. And so great grace and great power was taking place in this, in this situation. And so um, we see that that happens. Where did it start? Well, they prayed. They were assembled together. They were all filled with the Spirit. They were of one heart and one soul. And that's what fostered great things taking place. Yeah? And, and, and so since they, they were doing that, they had this thing rolling, mighty power, demonstrations of God. And then a couple 
folks came along and tried to buck the system. Remember, they lied, and you can read about Ananias and Sapphira, and so those people had to die. So I'm, I'm willing to risk that, though. Is, is anybody with me on this? Where we can get this rolling so strong that if someone wants to come in here and mess it up, they just might have to die? Now, if you think you might be that person, I can understand your hesitancy. Uh, so I just kind of wanted to keep coming here and just, you know. I'm going to risk your death. And I think if we can get enough people together that will risk it, uh, great power and great grace. One of, the, one of the things that I think is so fun about our Wednesday night services and why we have such a blast in those meetings is because it seems like 99% of the people will do anything I say. And I don't mean that in the, some of you took that wrong. Not, not in some kind of controlling way. I'm talking moving with the Spirit. I'm talking about, I say, hey, let's all stand up and worship God. And everyone does it. If we, let's all pray. Let's all do this. Let's all go here. And the vast majority of the, of the crowd that comes, there's always a few, I'm sure there's some people coming in to observe, but the vast majority will do anything. You know what happens in that, in that environment? Great grace and great power. And we walk out of there going, ooh, that was good. I like it. God was here among us. Okay, skip down to chapter 5 and verse 12. Chapter 5 and verse 12. It says, and through the hands of the apostles... Many signs and wonders were done among the people. Look at that. Signs and wonders. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. So this is normal. This is how it works. Verse 13. Yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord. Multitudes, both men and women. So this is desire. This is God's plan. Increase, multiplication. This is what they had. Can you see some of the components? Being together, being filled with the Spirit, the great uh, many signs and wonders. All these were factors in this. And people were being added to the church, added to the Lord. So that they, verse 15, so that they brought out the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. And a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem bringing sick people Uh, And those who were tormented by unclean spirits. And they were all healed. Did did you notice that? Didn't say half of them were healed. Didn't say, you know, a few, 20, good 20% were healed. All of them were. Amen. We we frequently think about uh, the ministry of Jesus. And, and you know, if you're familiar with those passages, numerous times he went and there was a multitude. And the Bible says he healed them all. And they were all healed in that situation. But we often will relegate that to Jesus and say, well, Jesus, man, he was the man. He had the goods. He brought the power. He brought the healing. And everybody got healed. But that wasn't limited to just Jesus' ministry. This is not Jesus. This is the early church. These are regular folks who had sinned, who had fallen short of the glory of God, who had received eternal life, who had been born again. And God was moving through them as well. To what end? To what result? Everybody got healed. Wonderful. Amen. I don't think we should settle and think we can do as good a job as the early church did in our day, yet without power. I know there are some who preach that today, and I I wish they wouldn't. Say, well, God doesn't do these things like he used to do them. He, He does it. He does it. 
listen, are we, have we, are we such good preachers today? That with the, the power of, you know, persuasion, <laughs> that we can just articulate so well and present in such precise ways that people will be converted and come to the Lord without signs and wonders? I've been preaching for a while, and I'll just tell you firsthand, I need signs and wonders. <laughs> I need the power of God to be on, in, 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 on display. I need healings and miracles and answers to prayer, and I need God to work here. It's not just about, about speaking. And Jesus himself, if anyone could preach well, if anyone could teach well, you'd say it was Jesus, but yet he needed the healings, didn't he? He needed miracles. He needed signs and wonders to accompany him to effectively reach the multitudes in his day. Yeah? And so this is also what's necessary in our day. Now, Acts chapter 6. Just a few verses down again. Chapter 6 and verse 1. It reads, Now in those days when the number of disciples was multiplying, multiplying, so is, is multiplying good? Very good, but it also creates problems. Yeah? There arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. And so just like in their day, great things were happening, there was great increase, and it was connected to great unity of, of mind, of purpose, of action. But also, when you have that, there's no guarantee it's going to stay. You know, someone, uh, one of the guys, uh, one of the pastors was telling me the other day, uh, re reading after someone who had studied great revi revivals of, in times past, he said, uh, th this person said, every one of them began in prayer and ended in pride. And I thought, whenever there's a great move of God going on, obviously someone sought the Lord. Someone called on his name and prayed. But you know, there's no guarantee because something starts well that it's going to continue. Problems are going to come up. Huh? We've got a great church, but problems come up, don't they? What do we do? We don't throw in the towel and say, ah, I can't handle this. I can't deal with these people. Some, listen, some, some believers do. They run into a little conflict, a little problem. I don't like this. I'm mad at this person. And they run away. That's not, what, that's not the right response. The right response is we knew there would be some issues, be some stuff to deal with. Let's seek the Lord and deal with it in a proper way. And so the early church had these very same issues, and, uh, and they had to deal with them lest division set in and stop the move of God. I'm thankful they dealt with it in a right and proper way. Yeah? And so what did they do? They said, find some people. And look what the qualifications were. He said, first of all, we need some who have a good reputation. All right? Now, side note, he's not talking about preachers here. Not talking about apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. In fact, in their, at their, this moment, there were only apostles. Okay? But he's not talking about those who are apostles. We're not, we don't need more apostles. He said, we need other people who are not called to preach and teach the word. We need them to step up and do some ministry. Yeah? And so he said, find people that have a good reputation. If you want to be used of God, this is important, to have a life of integrity, to have a life where uh, you do the right thing when people are watching and you do the right thing when no one's watching, 
to be able to be the real deal, the genuine article? Uh, what would you like to see in your leaders? Be that. You're setting yourself up for God to use you. He said, I want, we need to find people who are full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Now again, who are we talking about here? We're not talking about just those called to preach. We're talking about those who are called, in this case, looking for people to serve tables. So what do they need? They need to be full of the Holy Ghost. Full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Yeah? Everybody got real quiet on me. You mean I have to be smart? <laughs> Not smart, but, but, but wise. The wisdom of God is essential here. In fact, you read down a few verses, we read about a guy named Stephen. Uh, Stephen was one of the ones they, they, they picked to head up this area. And uh, Stephen wasn't an apostle. He wasn't a preacher, so to speak. Stephen, but it said about him that he was full of the Spirit and faith and he did great signs and wonders among the people. How many know signs and wonders? Power being demonstrated uh, by God is not limited to those who are called to certain offices. It can happen and ought to happen through all believers. What's the condition? Be full of the Spirit. Be full of faith. Yeah? And, and, so, and so he said, pick those who are full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom not just those who've been around, those who have some street smarts. No, those who have a relationship with God. Those who live a life full of the Spirit. Those who receive the wisdom of God. These are the ones that can be used. Verse 4, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. And so there are those who are called to what we refer to as five-fold ministries. They are preachers and teachers. They lead the church. And something can happen in the midst of any local church that hinders the move of God. It is, it gets in the way, it slows it down, it pushes on the brake. God wants to move, but he's limited. And one of those things that happens is this, is those who are called to preach and teach do everything. You, want to sh you, you show me a, a, a church where a person or a small number of people do all the ministry and take care of all the uh, uh, necessary needs and so forth. I'll show you a stagnant church. I'll show you something that's not vibrant and not alive and not thriving and not growing. Yeah. Why? It, it's bad weather. You can't fly today. It doesn't facilitate the move of God when just a few people are doing everything. The, the biblical design, the biblical pattern is that the body of Christ would do the work of ministry, is that people would step up and do. And so those who are called to, to speak, those who are called to, to lead from, from that standpoint, from that spiritual standpoint, have ample time to pray, to minister the Word, to seek God, to study, yeah? This is the plan. And without that happening, it slows everything down. There's a, there's a scripture over in Proverbs. It's the 14th chapter and the fourth verse. And it reads this way. Where no oxen are, the trough is clean. But, but much increase comes by the strength of an ox. Now, everybody get the parallel? If you want increase, much increase, that's the Lord's desire. 
That's our desire. If we want much increase, we need the strength of an ox. What also must you deal with when you have an ox? Ox poop. (laughs) A messy stall. Someone's got to get in there and clean the thing out. Say, I don't want to bother with that. Then you won't bother with increase either. There's going to be a mess. There's going to be issues. There's going to be problems, whether it's with the Hellenists, widows, or with some other kind of problem. There's going to be problems. But if we deal with things properly and people step up and do their part, then what happens? Increase. You benefit from that strength. And so this requires everyone to step up and play a role using their abilities to help facilitate the needs of the church. Now don't get quiet on me because I'm talking about you. <laughs> Just say, oh, Joe, mm, I think it's you he's talking to. We have amazing people around here and we have a lot of this going on. And there is, there's a lot of oxen. <laughs> A lot of strength, a lot of increase that takes place. But this is a necessary part of facilitating the move of God, of creating increase. I love to do a lot of natural things. I would come in here every day and straighten all the chairs if I had time. (laughs) That's because crooked chairs bother me. Uh, uh, But actually, I don't mind it. It's like, this is kind of fun. I I know... (laughs) I don't mind doing all kinds of things and have done in being in ministry a gazillion things that were some not related to the calling. But I know this, if I do that too much, the church is going to suffer. It's actually going to decline. What happens here in this setting is going to be less powerful if I do that. The Lord has designed that the body would work together, that we would all step up and have a part to play. And, And I'm not implying for a moment that everything that I would do and other pastors would do, we do the spiritual stuff and everyone else does natural things. I think there's a spiritual side to all of this. Scripture tells us that all can prophesy. Stephen, the example, there we go again. He was one serving tables. And what did he do? Great signs and wonders. So it's not a matter of some of it's just natural and some spiritual. God moves with all of this. We can all be used of Him in both spiritual and natural ways, but it is essential for us to create this atmosphere that is conducive to the move of God going, 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 going. You show me a healthy, vibrant, growing, life-changing church, I'll show you a church where large percentages of the people are doing something. Large percentages of the people have identified gifts and callings within their own life are are saying, hey, is there anything I can do to help? What needs to be done? Can I just uh, be real practical with you for a moment? Uh, There are many that look at what we're doing and you come to a service and most of the time, you know, I mean, there might be mistakes here and there, but most of the time everyone is doing such an outstanding job that it looks like we don't need anybody. Because people pick up the slack and one's making up for another, filling this hole. And people come in and think, well, everything looks fine. They've got enough people doing stuff. That's not the case. There are plenty of opportunities for you in this house. In all areas, even the ones that you look at them and it looks like that spot is full, uh, that person is tired. (laughs) 
And there are additional things happening. I'm talking everywhere from the parking lot to the platform and everything in between. There are opportunities for people to use their time and effort and ability and, and so forth for the kingdom of God. What happens as a result? Here's what happens. We are moving our foot off of the brake and putting it onto the gas. Yeah, what happens when only a, a small number of people? It's like, have you ever done that? Maybe your emergency brake. Or, have you ever tried to, try to drive a car with the emergency brake on? You thought, what in the world is wrong with this thing? You're stepping on the gas and it's just barely going. You know, you rev it up and man, the gas gauge is moving. You're going down the freeway. <laughs> you're using up energy. You're using up time. It, it's, something doesn't feel right about this. Yeah, dude, the brake's on. Hopefully, you've never gotten as far as the freeway. Uh, usually, you figure it out a little bit sooner than that. But as soon as you do, you're like, oh, duh, I'm driving with the emergency brake on. Uh, this is not smart. Hmm? And it is not smart for us to do church and to do life when, when large parts of the body of Christ are stepping on the brake. Everybody okay? I know it's fun to talk about unity and miracles and everything, but this is really a part of it. This is how they maintained the move of God's Spirit. They were all engaged, and people did their part in the middle of this move of God. Look at verse 5. Acts chapter 6, verse 5. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. Amazing, isn't it? If, if that was all it said, we would have to say that's the greatest miracle we've ever seen. They said something and everybody liked it. I mean, that would be my best day at church. If I said something, every single person said, amen, I love that, that's right, that's true. But it pleased a multitude of people and they all liked it. This is an agreeable bunch, right? This is a crew that's, that's going to be quick. Maybe they're thinking about Ananias and Sapphira. I don't know, but they're, let, yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> they don't want to stop this, move, this mighty moving force and move of God's spirit. You think about it. Uh, if we didn't do things this way, the devil could be the leader of the church. You know how he would lead the church? By starting a little fire over here, stirring up a little trouble over here, and then instead of individuals like myself and others who, who were able to give themselves to prayer and the word, we'd have to go put out this fire. Then we have to go put out this fire over here. And we got this problem over here with the Hellenists, and we got to fix that. We got this issue over here, we got to fix that. Huh? What would that do? That would slow things way down. It pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Par Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they prayed, they laid their hands on them. And so, and so these people were, were activated. They moved out in their ministry. Look at verse 7. Verse 7, then the word of God spread. When? When? Then. When did it happen? Then. Not before then. Then. So it was going out. Multiplication was happening. Miracles were happening. Problem. And that problem had to be dealt with in the right way. And because they did, then the word of God spread. King James Bible says, then the word of God increased. 
what does that mean? We get bigger Bibles? Big word. No, the increase of the word of God means it had entry into people's hearts. Paul prayed that there would, he would be given a door of utterance to speak into people's lives. Then the word of God was no longer hindered. It was no longer squelched by division and problem and, 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 and the apostles running around putting out all the fires. Then the word of God increased. Then the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. How will we see a great number of disciples multiply? Same way. We, we have these same components to our lives, to our services. We have the same components in our church. And the word of God will do what it was designed to do. It'll spread. It'll increase. It'll multiply. But we recognize there is our part to this equation. There needs to be unity. There needs to be prayer. Unifying corporate prayer. There needs to be signs and wonders. There needs to be praying leaders. Those who, who will take time and, and, and pray. There needs to be participation of the body of Christ. Where people step up and say, I'll handle that. I'll do this. I'll go over here. I'll be involved in this situation. These, these elements are conducive to a mighty move of the Spirit of God. And they absolutely facilitate increase and multiplication. Guys, I believe God wants to do it. Yet if it were just, oh Lord, just, just do it, period, amen. And that were it, well, we'd have done that already. There are other factors here. There are other components and if we'll recognize this, and I tell you, we're taking our foot off the brake and get ready to go. And we've been seeing some cool things with our foot partially on the brake. Hmm? We've been seeing some cool things so far. What happens when it gets completely off? Bam! Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Days of extremes. There's some extreme bad out there. But let's watch some extreme moves of God take place in our lives and through our own hands. Through our, in, in our midst. Extreme responses to an extremely grave time in our world. Praise God. I tell you, he's, he's working in us. Yield yourself, would you? Yield your heart. Have a yes response to him. Have a no response to some other things in life, but have a yes response to him in your heart that says, I'm available. That says, I'll go where you want me to go and do what you want me to do. That says, I'll change any, any, any wrong attitudes that I have. I'll change any, any defensive mechanisms that I keep putting in place that, that, that stop me. Have an open heart that says, no, I'm not going to allow that to continue. I give full place to the Spirit of God being able to work in and through my life. Amen.